This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Hey, Did you hear the one about the Scottish. South African rugby player who was complaining about having knee problems and uh, the coaches just ignored him because they assumed he was fine? I've got knee problems. Knee problems. <laughs> oh, my. I suppose I could have uh, had a joke about national allegiance or something would have been more topical hello, um, oh, oh hello yes, I'd, ju- I'd just like to take you back there um, and take another look at that joke I don't believe it was a very funny joke what the fuck as you know based on Rezi Erasmus's hijinks last week the, yeah uh, that famous South African sense of humour Huh. Bloody good, and I don't think that that joke was funny. Uh, I just like to take another look. Uh, that's a terrible South African accent. No, no, doing. no my, F, my South African accent is fine. I'm just saying no. it's a bad, <laughs> it's a bad joke. It's do it, restart. Oh, oh, yeah, fuck you. Yes, okay, yeah, I know, I'm losing, don't worry. Bloody hell, they're doing it again. Look, let's just get on with this episode. It's Rugby Ranta Banter, episode 27. Let's go. Just uh, before I get started, apologies if you can hear my coat. Let me just move a second. Do you hear that? I'm wearing the noisiest coat in the world. It's some kind of raincoat. I don't want to call it an anorak, but um, I think it's like a sailing jacket. I inherited it from my father, and uh, it's a big, red, noisy jacket. It's, It's audibly noisy, if that's the right word, audibly. And uh, it's visually noisy. It's bright red, and it's got, like, uh, reflectors. Why am I telling you about this jacket? All I'm saying is if, if, if this crinkling is a problem, I apologize. There's no way I can redo the podcast or anything. I am so pissed off today. This is the most angry I've been since the very first episode. The first podcast that started this where I was furious with Eddie Jones. Now I'm pissed off with absolutely everyone. I'm pissed off with Eddie Jones. I'm pissed off with South Africa, the entire nation. I'm pissed off with World Rugby. I'm pissed off with every Celtic fan. 
I'm pissed off with English fans. I'm pissed off with everyone. I don't agree with anyone on anything, it seems like. But let's start with... Uh, well, let's, let's start with Gary Graham, because that's the freshest thing, and I don't believe that anyone's talked about that yet, because all the, all the good podcasts have already come out. Oh, shit, no, Morlover will be out soon, so they'll talk about it, but maybe I can sneak in before them. Um, so, my feeling, I don't know about you, my feelings when I saw that Gary Graham was going to be playing for Scotland, was in a Scotland shirt, was, first of all, just total confusion. I just couldn't understand it. I thought, what is going on? Because, obviously, he didn't get capped by England. But he was in the squad, wearing the shirt. We've all seen it. And I just sort of thought that there'd be something, something blocking another switch. Because, essentially, he's had... see. I have to, I'm guilty of not really looking into this enough because I think even last week I may have said it, although I may have deleted it now, I think, um, because it wasn't recorded. If you remember last week, I did two recordings that uh, were just complete silence. But I've been building up. I've been getting more and more fired up about eligibility, and I've hinted at it in the last couple of podcasts, I think, that I want to do and I want to talk about eligibility requirements, my issues with them, and despite the fact that it's something that should be boring because you hear about it all the well we've heard about it so much that no one even talks about it anymore i think i have something to add that will be interesting but 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 i'm not gonna have time for that i will save that for those periods where there's no international rugby and i'm bored shitless i got nothing to talk about so i just sit in my shed and complain about my wife's vagina bleeding or something which by the way happened again i don't mean it i know i obviously she's gonna have more periods but we had an epic, epic, epic battle. Um, and uh, I was like, I mean, it was, I don't want to get too into it, but it, it was rough. It was as bad as it's ever been. And then we fixed it. Now, one of the great things about being married and having huge fights where you want to kill yourself is that when you resolve them, you get to have the best sex of your life. And uh, I mean, I've already spoiled it. I told you. I was expecting it. I came home that evening and... Uh, She's on a period again. I'm not going to do the same period joke. Go back and find it. Um, but anyway, we're talking about Gary Graham. Um, so when I had talked about Gary, Gary Graham playing for England, when that was somewhat controversial, right? People were saying he's Scottish, so he shouldn't be playing for England. My attitude was, he's English, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't lived in Scotland his whole life. I know his dad's Scottish, but I'm pretty sure he's more English than Scottish. But now I have read... I think he was about 17 when he left Scotland. So to me, he's, he's Scottish now. I mean, that's if you spend your formative years in a country, and this is what I'll get into whenever I do actually talk about eligibility, I don't think you should... I mean, that kind of... That is where your allegiance should lie. But he has also gone on the record when he was going to play for England and said, oh, I'm, I'm going to fuck up the, ref, the quote. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something to the effect of... Yeah, I'm going to play for England now, and it would be stupid for me to try and play for Scotland. Now, here's my here's my issue. First of all, right off the bat, just this sudden switch, essentially a switch of allegiance so that he could play for England, and then once it became apparent, and look, I've complained about Eddie Jones not picking Gary Graham. I think he's a brilliant player. 
and I think he should have been capped by by England by now. Um, but the fact that now it's been a few months and he has not been capped, that he's just going to go back to Scotland, it makes me sick. The whole thing makes me sick. It's fucking weird. I think everyone's weird. I think it's weird of Gary Graham to do it. It's like, it's a bit embarrassing. Like, make up your mind, and then once you've made up your mind, you stick with it. So it seems like once he'd put on an England shirt and been in an England squad, that's when he should have just said, right, that's my goal. That's what I do now. And now he's going to go back to Scotland. I think it's weird that Scotland would want to cap him now after what he said. And I think the general attitude of of fans and pundits, I find mind-blowing. because, And these are people I like and respect. But this attitude that we have developed, and it, this is rampant, rampant uh, through rugby supporters and players alike. This attitude of, well, it's a profession now. Uh, you can't blame the players. Of course, they're going to take the money. Blah, blah, blah. I, this is literally exactly... Now, I know that in Gary Graham's case, he's not going to play for Scotland because of the money. But you know what I mean. To some degree, he is. He must have weighed up, you know, what are the chances of me being capped for England and capitalizing off that, as opposed to going and playing for Scotland and making some money and playing international rugby. Okay, so this is exactly what the rugby purists from the amateur days warned of. It's exactly what they didn't want. This is why they were fighting to keep rugby amateur. Okay, this was the the, 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 the crux of their whole argument was this. We want players to play for the love of the game and the love of their country. And they don't want them to be motivated by money. Now it seems that most people concur that money is not just a motivating factor. It apparently is the motivating factor. Because any player given the chance, will switch nationalities at the drop of a hat if, the, if it suits them financially. Now, look, I, again, I'm, I'm going to save this argument for another episode because I'm going to talk for an hour about it. But it just makes me sick. I don't like it. I don't care. I don't, of course I can see. Of course I can see from the player's point of view. It doesn't mean I have to like it. And, by the way... Everybody seems to have this, like, attitude of, well, what would you do in their position? Do you know what? Fuck off. I wouldn't do it. If I were... <laughs> okay, easy for me to say, yeah, sure. But I honestly believe this. I... If I were, you know, 20 years old... How old is Gary Graham? 20? 21, maybe? If I were 20, 21, in my early 20s, playing professional rugby in England, I would want to play for England. And even if I felt like it was not going to happen I genuinely believe that given the chance I wouldn't go and play for you know Scotland or well let's say the US I don't think I'd even play for the US do you know what even if I said that even as I said that I take that back but I'm half American my mother's American my mother's whole side of the family are Americans and uh, 
Okay, it's, I've lived here for years now, so it's a little bit different. But you know, I do honestly think in Gary Graham's position, I probably would have just not wanted to play for England. I said, no, I'm playing for Scotland no matter what. Whatever, it doesn't matter what I think, and it doesn't matter because I can't prove that. But I just hate this whole thing. I think it's really sad. I think it's really sad that players can switch their allegiance so flippantly. This wishy-washy, oh, they're not going to pick me, then I'll play for you. Oh, you're not going to pick me, then I'll go back for t- and play for them. And the Brad Shields type scenario, you know? I don't like any of it. And like I said, I rate Gary Graham. And I don't blame him for being a bit pissed off. Well, pissed off isn't the right word. I don't blame him for feeling disappointed that he didn't get capped. Because he should have been capped. Um... Ahead of Brad Shields, anyway. That's how I feel. So there. And I, and, and I know that's not popular. It seems that everybody is on board the, uh, oh, let them, they all want to play, they all have aspirations to play international rugby. And it's international. They don't want to play national rugby. They don't want to play for their country. They want to play for a country. And they want to make as much money as they can because, okay, again, I want to save this for another part. Like, this, is, this feels bullshit. I'm like, screwing you out of some very profound, I think, and uh, insightful uh, bullshit from me, uh, just so we can, I can hold on for it for later. But trust me, weeks from now, when I'm sitting here talking about spilling my protein shake on a woman at my gym and how it became sexual, you'll be wishing that I had something rugby-related to talk about. But anyway, that's the Gary Graham debacle. Jeez. Okay, so let's get to the the meat and potatoes of every podcast this week. The England-New Zealand match. I'll apologize right now because I am going to bounce all over the place. I would love to have a structured discussion. Is it a discussion if it's just me talking? Yes, because I'm discussing it with you and myself. Um, I'd love to have a structure to this where I could cover each thought that I have, all of my opinions in a organized way but i'm too heated up i'm too pissed off i'm too fired up so i i'm just gonna go everywhere i'm gonna start with just saying that i'm fucking angry with the entire world i'm angry with the entire world over this first of all i missed the first 20 minutes of the match as per for me that's what i do now um this time it was because i overslept don't forget i mean it was if the match started at eight in the morning here um or was it nine no it was eight um, and, uh, do you know what's weird is when I, when I, when I tuned in after 20 minutes, it was eight nil, up, England were eight nil up and it was so incomprehensible to me. I was so convinced that England would lose that I read it as eight nil to New Zealand. And I didn't even, it didn't even bother me. I was like, oh, eight nil. That's not too bad. <laughs> that was my initial, I just assumed I was like, okay, that's not too bad. 20 minutes. We can come back. And then when we scored the second try and the score went up to 13 and then 15 i remember going what's going on they got the wrong score what is that oh fuck me and then i became angry that i missed that first 20 minutes so right there i was angry with uh i I should have been angry with myself but i wasn't i was angry with whoever's in charge of sleep the sandman um for not wake let me wake up um then 
Okay, I told you I'd bounce all over the place. Before all of this, I was already pissed off before the match because there was already some initial shit-talking regarding the conditions of the match. So what happened is there was uh, forecasts of rain. And then some people, some English fans, reasonably, I think, said, oh, if it's wet, that might suit us better. And then everyone in the world, knowledgeably, because this is true, everyone in the world said, ha, 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 fucking idiots. They think that the rain's going to help them. You do know it rains in New Zealand a lot. They're used to playing in the wet. And that was how it started. Then fast forward to the end of the match and everyone is saying, well, yeah, England nearly beat the All Blacks, but it's only because it was raining so much and it ruined their game. If it was dry weather, they, they wouldn't have stood a chance. Make up your fucking minds. Are we allowed anything? Are we allowed to feel good in any way about anything ever? This is my whole life now. It's not just about rugby. I don't, I'm not going down that road. So there's that. Now, the, the, the offside decision itself, it's provably bullshit. It's already proven. Now, now hit, bear with me. Some people, a lot of people, mostly not, you know, non-English people, mostly South Africans who have, are desperate to prove to me that they're the biggest pieces of shit on earth now. But the Celtic nations, of course, we know they are going to be wanting to say it. But, but a lot of people... Um, are saying he was offside. Laws was offside, and they show these stills, which don't actually work in their favor. They do this off, you know, drawing a line that suits your purposes doesn't prove anything. It's an imaginary line. You just made it up. And if it does not conform to the actual dynamics of the pitch and the angle that the camera's at, then you're not doing shit. But here's the thing. We could argue all day. We could all argue all day about whether or not he was technically offside. When was the ball actually out? Where was the last, the back foot actually? Where? But here's the thing. And this has been explained by others. And you should have heard this by now. But if you didn't, hear it now. Because this is the fact. And this is the end to the argument. The TMO. We'll get into his nationality in a minute. The TMO is only allowed to interfere and try to correct, to interfere with and try to correct a referee's decision if there is something that is... Oh, what's the word? It's not, it might not be clear and obvious. It's something along those lines. I'm sorry. But the gist of it is he cannot interfere unless he sees something that is blatant. Like if Courtney Laws had been blatantly offside but the very fact that there is this argument this discussion shows that that is not the case so right there he was not allowed according to the laws of rugby to intervene all right even so that's the end of that i would i would say he was onside anyway and honestly the all blacks did a lot of things really well in the match and they made some mistakes and one of their mistakes was not giving the scrum half any defense at that ruck it's actually mind-blowing. They deserve to be punished for that. I really... It's obvious. Rewatch it. The lack of cover, the lack of protection he was getting at the base of that ruck deserved to be punished. And it was. And then you got this fucking... Of course he's South African. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe for a second that the South African went, 
yeah, I'm going to get you back for what you did. I don't believe that. But it's just too goddamn fucking annoying to me that it was a fucking South African accent after I've been arguing with South Africans all fucking week. Now, here's the thing. I've been arguing with South Africans all week, and I actually agreed with them that the... uh, that the, the, the tackle by Owen Farrell should have been a penalty. You, I talked about it last week, right? What I object to is, okay, here's the thing. I'm ranting right now, okay, but that's kind of why I do this podcast. But I got very upset during the match. I got upset after. I was angry all night. I was angry in the next day. And I complained about it a fair amount. But here's the thing. You will not hear me complaining about this again. You will not see me on Twitter trying to prove why it was bullshit. And I'll tell you something else, South Africans. You won't see me mocking the All Blacks when they play Ireland, talking shit, wanting them to lose, and preferably to a bad penalty decision going against them. Because it's not their fucking fault that it didn't go, that it went their way. Admittedly, it's under different circumstances. I can understand why they're annoyed with Owen Farrell, although they really shouldn't be. Here's the other thing. I can understand why their coach, Erasmus, is it Erasmus? Am I saying his name wrong? Again, I said this last week. There's something about podcasting where you'll forget, you can forget your own goddamn son's name. You probably, or forget you even had one. If you don't have one, are you sure? Are you doing a podcast? Maybe you've just forgotten. Um, Razzy Erasmus, yeah. It's hard with these South Africans. There's a lot of, like, Erasmus, Erasmussen. Um, uh, I can't think of any other examples. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I could understand him immediately after the match, the post-match interview. I totally get why he would be a bit pissy. I get it. I've got no problem with that. I, I, I thought he could have been angrier. But he said, oh, look, that... Maybe I should te- we should teach our players to tackle like that. If that's legal, then that's what we should do. No, seriously. And I, I, I had no beef with him for doing that. I do take issue with, and not in a, I'm offended, I don't like that way, but just in a kind of, that's really stupid and shit. I talked about it last, last week, I believe. The uh, hilarious video in which he teaches a player to tackle high and aggressively in an Owen Farrell style. Ooh, just a bit of fun in games. Well, it's not funny. Again, it's not that it's not funny because it's offensive in any way. I couldn't give a fuck. In fact, if he'd have started raping the tackle bag, actually fucking it, I'd have found that funny. All right? So it's nothing like that. But it would be a bit bloody weird, actually, wouldn't it? But it would be funny. Anyway, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't just a joke. It was a crybaby. And it seems to me that they're a nation of crybabies. Apologies to anyone who feels differently if you happen to be South African. But that seems to be how it's going. They won't stop whining. And then there's this argument. When a call goes against us and and you don't agree with it, they and even some English people seem to think that we are not allowed to complain because it's somehow hypocritical that's the most illogical stupid thing i've ever fucking heard so a call because i don't like people complaining excessively about something i'm now never allowed to complain 
That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. This call, of course I'm going to play. Just like I said, I got no problems with them being pissed off immediately after the match. It could have, and some would argue, myself included, should have been a penalty last week. But this shouldn't have been a fucking penalty. And you know I'm honest, because I said, because I bloody well admitted it last week. And, but, and even even that being said, sure, I can say it's a tight call, this time it didn't go our way. But I'll tell you what, South Africa losing to England at Twickenham by one point because of a uh, very, very marginal decision might hurt the Af- South Africans. But it is not even close to being as egregious and just satanic as the decision to destroy one of, if not the most famous victories England has ever had, other than the World Cup final, right? Beating New Zealand at Twickenham in the manner that we were about to do it, on the back of a very unsuccessful, the least successful Six Nations ever in a rebuilding phase, and to go out and score 15 points unanswered so aggressively and quickly, and then to have that charge down at Sam Underhill, this new fucking godlike tackling orc bastard machine, gets the ball, sidesteps their best player, scores definitely one of, if not the greatest tries ever at Twickenham, for that to be pulled back illegally because the the TMO had no right to intervene with a fucking at best, at best very marginal call is it's 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 I'm freaking out. I'm freaking. I'm, I just, in my head, I'm hearing all the voices of people saying, "No, you got to let this go." But fuck that. No, you know, I'll let it go, but not before I have expressed how dog shit, bullshit, cunty, fucking crap that decision was. It's 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 a travesty. It's a travesty. Nobody seems to be getting fired up enough about it. And like I said, we're getting fucked over because. These South Africans and everybody jumping up their asses to try and join in the, the, whatever it is, this fucking vendetta against us. Because they, because we got a decision go our way last week, we're supposed to just bend over and take it. No, the one decision has nothing to do with the other, nothing. And it's bullshit and it's disgusting. But hey ho, <laughs> woo! Man, I told you. And that, and but you know, then again, let's forget about that now, can we? You're getting too upset. You need to calm down. Let me just change subject slightly. The match itself, I watched. I watched the twenty minutes that I missed before, and I watched. I rewatched the first half. Didn't watch. Want to watch the second half because I knew it was coming. It's too painful. Um. I do think it's pretty unacceptable that England allowed that lead to slip away so easily and pe- and maybe it is fitness i don't know i don't know i'm not angry with the players obviously they were it was a beautiful it was a great performance and to cut and look if you'd have said to me before that match hey would you take a one point loss where you come agonizingly close to beat them to beating them i would have said yeah fuck yeah give me that because i would have i was honestly expecting a 15 point loss that's what i was expecting that 14 plus something like that and i didn't think it would go well 
to see England play that well in patches, to see Sam Underhill play that way. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, I'm going off on a tangent, and this might end up being absolute bollocks, but when Eddie Jones was picking certain players that I didn't think were up to it, now let's say Tom Curry, because I've been thinking Tom Curry played really well, you know, but before Eddie Jones picked him, or when Eddie Jones picked him, I thought it was insane. I was like, I can't remember if he picked him and his brother at the same time, or just his brother, but... Whoever it was, I remember going, Curry Twins? But fucking, they're all right. They're not that good. And then I thought they were pretty good. They actually played pretty well. Then I see Sam Underhill play, and it, make, it, it, it made me think about how many players there were in our glory years in 2001 2000 to 2003. How many players there were across, not just in the first 15, but in the squad that were exceptional, that would stand out in almost every match they play in. And it was like, I mean, it's man for man. It's like every man in the squad was like that, pretty much. And I just wonder now, like, are we just becoming, are we just accepting mediocrity? I, I, don't, th- I don't think that's fair. I'm not saying that Tom Curry is mediocre. I think he's a very talented, good player. And yeah, Sam Underhill put in a great performance, but he will need to see more from him. However... When you watch Sam Underhill play in any match, not just for England, when he plays for Bath, you, he does stand out as something exceptional. Now, is he really that much of a freak that he can stand out amongst other England players who are also incredible? Or do we just have a lack of these kind of players? And then I start thinking, you know, maybe... Eddie Jones should be picking the players we say he should pick. I say we. I think we're all agreed. Somebody like Dave Ewers. Um, I don't want to start listing all these fucking players again. Um, but I wonder, like, maybe some of these players that he brings in who do all right, do quite well, maybe they aren't the right players. Maybe Eddie Jones is really fucking up. And on that note, have I covered everything? Oh, I just want to say... A lot of people are talking about the decision to kick, to take the line out and not take the points. I thought at the time, and I still think it now, it was the right decision to go for the line out. A hundred percent. I'm starting to sound like Eddie Jones. I keep saying a hundred percent, hundred percent, a hundred percent, mate. You go, you back your players a hundred percent. But he's right. Of course you back your players. And England at Twickenham should back themselves. It's not an important match. In ter- it's not a World Cup. If it was a World Cup final, maybe I'd feel differently. But the way that England were playing and they had momentum, it was the right decision. You know, and obviously it's a cliche, but it's like, well, it's the right decision if you score from it. And it's the wrong decision if you don't. No, I, I, it was the right decision. But anyway, Eddie Jones, obviously coming off, you know, a win against South Africa and what should have been a win against New Zealand. Eddie Jones must be off my naughty list, right? What beef could I have with him? Well, you'll find out. Fucking let's go with Eddie versus Eddie. All I can control is, is what I do is catch the team and I do that the best of my ability. Okay, so right off the bat, I understand that in the grand scheme of things, losing to New Zealand by one point is a great result. Like I said, 
I'd have taken that before the game. And I wouldn't blame Eddie Jones for having taken it either. But here's the thing. It's one thing after losing a match like that to to be a petulant child. You know, it's another thing entirely to, sh- to come up for the post-match interview, to be on camera and look like the fucking Cheshire Cat. This is another thing I haven't heard anyone say. And I actually haven't even commented on this on Twitter. Usually I'm tweeting like a fucking teenage bellend. But when he came, on, when he came up to, to be interviewed after the match, his face, I've never seen him look so happy in my life. He was delighted. Now, this is the point. Look, if losing to New Zealand by any amount of points with a terrible decision going against you, if that's reason to celebrate and be happy, well, let's, let, let's stop even fucking playing. He should have been furious. He should have been furious. He should have been furious for a number of reasons. He should have been furious that we got that close and should have won the game, but we didn't. He should be furious that certain players uh, made big, big mistakes that they shouldn't have. He should be furious that that call went against him. And he could be, he can refuse to talk about it, but he shouldn't be happy, right? He should be angry. If I were, if if it were me, I'd have come out saying, "I'm absolutely we, I and the players, we're all bitterly disappointed. That was a game that that should have been a famous victory, and instead we're losers. We're fucking losers again." I'm getting more angry as I talk about it. Losing by a point to New Zealand is losing to New Zealand. You're losing, you're losing, you're a loser. It's a loss. We needed that. We should have had that. Even Sam Underhill, and I'll give him a bit of a break because he's a young fucking player. And God, I would never, ever want to burden anyone, curse them with the negativity that I have just naturally. I hate myself. I hate everything. Um, But if I'd have been Sam Underhill and scored that try and it was taken from me, it was lovely to see him with his family, smiling, taking photos. It was great. But if it had been me, I'd have been over there punching people, just randomly punching. Actually, I probably would have hunted down that fucking TMO. I, uh, whatever. I wouldn't have done that, would I? But he was smiling and, and happy as if they'd won and as if that try had been allowed. And look, yeah, I, again, I sound like the fucking rugby Grinch, but... I was very unhappy at the end of that match. As I say, in retrospect, not in retrospect, rather, in, uh, without, the, with, without the benefit of, of uh, seeing how the game unfolded, if you'd have said to me before the game, would I be happy with a one-point win? As I said, yes, I would have taken it. However, however, I am not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy. It wasn't the right result. And uh, again, look, if don't get me wrong if you if you analyze the match there were some the all blacks were very very impressive in a number of things they did okay what well, one thing that stood out for me was when they were 15 nil down or rather uh 13 nil down because owen farrell was about to take the kick at goal I, it showed them huddled under the the posts and what i noticed is kieran reed had a smile on his face he was grinning and he was looking at his teammates. And it was actually, it was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a man. It was written all over his face, this feeling of, here we are, 
what are we going to do about this? I can't even, I can't encapsulate it in words. It was the way he smiled. It wasn't like, a, I mean, obviously, he's, a, he's the All Blacks captain, so he wouldn't have an attitude of, I don't give a shit about this game. But it's just important to know, the smile said everything. It was a smile of, almost like, I accept this challenge. Do you accept this challenge? Right, let's fix it. And in that sense, the All Blacks impressed me in that match more than in any other match I've seen because they were under the cosh and they came back and they did some brilliant things. They made some brilliant tactical decisions. They made some mistakes too. Um, so if you just went through the whole game, for example, let's say that try had been allowed and we got the lead and then New Zealand, New Zealand were able to get back and score and beat us in the dying seconds. That would have been really, really painful, but I wouldn't, would not have said they didn't deserve the win. Because if that had all happened and they were able, it was a very tight game, I'd have said, yeah, they narrowly deserved it. If England had scored that try with Sam Underhill and then held them out for the rest of the match, which I believe they would have, I would say England definitely deserved it. So anyway, you get where I'm going with this. I, I don't want that to come across. I don't want all of this to come across as sour grapes. Jesus, I've started ranting about the fucking England match again, haven't I? I was supposed to be doing Eddie versus Eddie. My point is, I'm very unhappy, and I would expect the England manager to be pissed off after that match. He was grinning his fucking teeth out until the interviewer said, why did you decide to sub off Dylan Hartley? And his face dropped. It was, inc- it was hilarious. It actually made me laugh out loud. It was just, I'm happy. Oh, no, why would you mention that? And then he spent the rest of the interview looking pissed off. It seems that he's happy until he's criticized himself. And then he's furious. Um, He got really pissy. He said Dylan Hartley had had a bad thumb. I haven't heard anything confirming that, but that's what he said. And then, um, and then... After the match, way after, he comes out and says, when did he say this? It must have been after that match. I don't know. I read online that he was talking about a tackle that Owen Farrell received and decided to somehow make it about how Johnny Sexton and Ireland complain constantly about Johnny Sexton. Uh, basically, he managed to turn it into ammunition for Ireland for when they play us. Because this is what they thrive on. It's driving me insane. Why does he do it? Here's the thing. When you start attacking a player in another team, especially a player in that team... Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. Especially when that player is a national treasure which johnny sexton is basically with irish rugby he is iconic he's their man when you start talking shit about johnny sexton and i don't like johnny sexton he's got a face like he's like he's got a smacked ass face and he's probably a prick but he's a great player and more importantly he's loved by his teammates he's loved by the country and when you attack him all it does is allow them is, is give them motivation, which it's getting harder and harder for the Irish to have. Because if you're Irish and you're listening, this is not an attack on you, but I hate you. No, I'm joking. I don't. I love the Irish in person. But one of my pet peeves with the rugby fans, 
and in fact, just the Irish people, I'll just say it. They have this like brave hero mentality when confronted by the English, when facing the, really facing anything, but especially the English, this kind of, oh, these big bullies are coming here and we're going to stand up to them. And now they're ranked number two in the world. They've beaten us. They should expect to beat us. We should feel that way, if anything. Here comes the big bad Irish. Let's fucking show them that we can still do it. But somehow the Irish are always able to slip on that mantle of bullied. And and it's because of shit like this. Eddie Jones. He literally, he actually literally tried to bully Johnny Sexton now. Bully the Irish team and give them shit. And they're already talking about it. And they will be talking about it in the changing room. These fucking arseholes, they, they fucking talk shit about you. They talk shit about our man. They're talking shit about our fucking country. And I know what... Well, that's so annoying. Sorry about that. That's the most offensive thing I've said all day. That shitty Irish accent. But this is what Eddie Jones is doing. And, uh, I mean, obviously he's doing some things right. Because that was a great performance against New Zealand. But it won't mean shit. It won't mean shit if we... If we... Uh, if we perform badly in the World Cup. And here's the thing. No matter how bad we did in the World Cup, beating New Zealand at Twickenham with that try that should have been would have been a wonderful... It would have meant something forever. That would never have gone away. We could have lost in the pool stages again. We'd still be watching videos of that Sam Underhill try. He'd be showing it to his kids. And it's a travesty. And on that note, I shall bid you fuck off. I've got to be honest with you. I tried this once already and it was so fucking awful. I only got like a one and a half verses in what i'm swearing now is that i will do this song all the way through even if it's gibberish and screaming and crying let's see how it goes i'll play it fairly slowly <clears throat> it's rugby ranta banter episode 27 i think i'm in hell or maybe i'm in heaven because we lost by just one point to the new zealand or blacks but then I had to suffer social media attacks. Everyone's an idiot. They say Courtney Laws, he was offside. I say that the South African TMO, he just lied because he, everything was fine. I got rhyme. Eddie Jones seems happy. That walking piece of slime. Not really. I don't hate Eddie Jones. I just question his ability. How the fuck am I supposed to rhyme with the word abilities? Gary Graham was Scottish, then he became English. Now he's Scottish again, I'll put a bullet in my head because I can't stand this shit. I love them, my tits. <laughs> God, I knew this would happen. <laughs> Why?
I I have to worry sometimes. I'm in my shed. It's like ten thirty at night, and I, I'm sure my neighbours hear me. Ah, fuck them. They're probably all on meth.